we're tired of the conversations. It's time for action. Let's get into it. We've got some difficult days ahead. I just want to do God's will. I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. Shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of Jacob's Seed Podcast. Listen, I know my schedule's been kind of sporadic. I got some some, uh, some real life, real world issues going on in my own life, and, but I'm trying to be as consistent as I can, at least, you know, Elohim willing, give you a episode once a week. Sometimes it's a Wednesday, sometimes it drops on Thursday, sometimes it drops on Friday, and I apologize for that. Hopefully, as uh, my schedule gets better. Um, the scheduling of, of the podcast will get better as well. Listen, everybody who rocks with me, everyone who listens to your podcast in your cars, at your jobs, at your homes, however you listen to it, whatever platform you're listening to it on, I truly, truly thank you because without you guys, there would be no Jacob C. Podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, my name is Yerman Yahoo Dawid. I'm the host of Jacob C. Podcast. Um, today, um, we're discussing all the stuff that's going on right now. Um, if, unless you've been living under a rock, like I like to say, um, you are oblivious to the fact that a man by the name of George Floyd uh, was literally lynched by some cops in Minneapolis. Now, all four of those cops have been charged. Um, the, the one who stuck his neck on, on Mr. Floyd's neck for about eight minutes or so, nine minutes or so, um, he has been charged with second degree felony murder. Um, the others have been charged with aiding and abetting um, someone who has committed second degree felony murder. Now, uh, to put that in perspective, a lot of people are asking why not murder one? Uh, it would be quite impossible to prove murder one in this instance. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just someone who does research. So in order to prove murder one, you would also have to prove intent, intent. So the, so the officer who killed Floyd, or I should say the lyncher, who killed Mr. Floyd uh, could always get on the stand and ball his eyes out and cry and say that, you know, was it was not my intention to wake up this morning and kill Mr. Floyd. And a, a jury would eat all that stuff up. He would probably get off um, at the at the least, probably serve some kind of probation or something. But with murder two, felony murder two in the state of Massachusetts, uh, not Massachusetts, Minnesota, um, intent means nothing. All murder two says that you murdered someone while committing a felony. So you have assaulted Mr. Floyd already. You've put your knee on his neck. That is a felony in the state of Minnesota. And because you put your knee on his neck, it resulted in his death. Your intent does not matter. So the prosecutors do not have to prove intent. Um, and the, the defense cannot use intent as a defense tactic. Um, so it would be very hard. I would say this very hard uh, for him to get off. But we've seen worse happen. Um, and in my opinion, um, I'm expecting him to get off just because that's I expect evil nations to do evil things and to protect their evil people. Um, we live in the United States of America. If you are um, a person of color whatever that looks like, 
Um, even if you're not a uh, Israelite, if you can't trace your, your heritage back to a Hebrew Israelite, you are still a person of color and you're not going to be treated like everybody else in this country. Um, you even those people who say, oh, well, I don't see color. That's extremely dismissive. That's extremely offensive because as a person of color, you're saying you do not see us. So if you have friends that say that, please correct them. If you have some some white friends, some Caucasian friends, I hate calling them white because they ain't white. Ain't nobody white. Ain't nobody black. Um, but if you have some Caucasian friends who say that they don't see color, please correct them because they're telling you that they don't see you. That should be highly offensive to you. That's extremely dismissive, callous, and cold to the environment that they're currently in. Especially if you have Caucasians in your assembly or in your camp, whatever it may be. Um, make sure they're saying the right things. Make sure they're educated um, about race, a sensitivity, whatever it may be, whatever you want to call it. Make sure they're educated. And know not, and not just know what to say just to say it, but to know and believe it and, and, and walk in it. Because they have love for the children of Israel. All right. So let's get into talking about set all that to set this up about these conversations. So at my job, I don't say where I work, but at my job, they wanted people to stay after for a whole hour just to have conver a conversation about race. And I'm sure around America right now, there are plenty of so-called diverse churches, which is that's just a money grab. It's it's false. It's fake. It's whack. Um, just pretty much all you're doing. If you, if you, if you're in a diverse church, it's pretty much about, you know, 75% Caucasian and then whatever other percentage else of mixed people, um, you know, African-Americans, Africans, Indians, Asians, what have it, what have you. And you're pretty much joining their, you're, 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 you're joining their turf. They're not joining your turf. Um, and I found in my opinion that people who care about you join you. You shouldn't be forced to join them. But anyway, I'm sure there's plenty of diverse churches out there who are having conversations, conversations about race, um, plenty of schools, I'm sure organizations. If your job is open, your job may be having these conversations about race. But here's my thing about these conversations. And this podcast is not going to be long, um, but I want it to be informative. So here's my thing about conversations. They don't amount to anything. We've been having conversations about race in this country from the day the first stolen kidnapped people were placed in Jamestown on Plymouth Rock. The cries for freedom, equality, dignity have rang out since then. We've had we've had deep intellectual conversations led by the likes of W.E.B. Du Bois, Marcus Garvey, um, I mean, you name them, uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, uh, James Abernathy, uh, whomever. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going blank here. Because I have so much other things going through my head that I really want to say, but I'm trying to be peaceable, as the scriptures tell me to be. Um, so many different conversations from the time of the Talented Tenth to, you know, the Atlanta Compromise uh, to the Tuskegee experiments all the way up into 2020. Right. 
um, the, the 1960s uh, 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 civil rights movements, uh, the the riots, the, the the Rodney King riots of the 90s, um, the drug ec- epidemic of the 80s, whatever you whatever conversations have been had, but nothing has ever changed. There's a difference between talking about something than actually doing something. I'm sick and tired and I don't show up to these things anymore. I don't watch them because it's asinine. I'm sick and tired of having a stupid conversation about race. Didn't we have a conversation about race when, when Trayvon Martin was killed? Do we had not have a conversation about race when Eric Gardner was choked out? Do we not have a conversation about race when Sandra Bland was killed in a jail cell? Do we not have a conversation about race when Mike, when they took Mike Brown? Philando Castile, the list goes on. There's somebody in your family who was shot down by somebody who did not look like them. Did we not have a conversation about race then? And don't don't get me on this. Oh, well, what about black on black crime? Yes, 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 yes. The, 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 the African-American community has has an issue with crime. But so does the Caucasian community as well. I'm looking up the crime I have in my hand right now. 2016 and I'm and it's, 2016 is is the is not the newest one. It's probably 2019, but I don't know how to work all these uh, uh, tables and all this stuff on the FBI website, and that's fine with me. I don't care because the crime rates normally don't change. They're, they're they're pretty much static for the most part, especially when we're talking about based on race. So this is the 2016 crimes in the United States of America, um, and this is the the homicide data from the FBI. It says that the race, it says race of the victim, the total of the victims, and then the race of the offender. Of white people, 3,499 people were victims of homicide in 2016. 2,854 of the offenders were white. That gives you, I already did the math for you, 81.5% of white people kill white people. So... When we say black on black crime, in which it's an issue, there's also white on white crime, okay, which is also an issue. Eighty one percent of the people who are Caucasian will be killed by someone else who is Caucasian. All that's telling you and it goes down the list and it's 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 it's, it's the, you know, the same give or take for African-Americans, the same give or take for Hispanics, the same give or take for Asians, give whatever, because crime is what? homogeneous is done within proximity so if i live close to people that look like me more than likely those are the people who are going to offend me in some way they're going to rob from me they're going to assault me they're going to kill me they're going to whatever whatever crime if they're criminals that's what they're going to do to me because they live in proximity of me not because of a different because because of the race so if 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 the United States was more diverse in its communities, we would see a difference in these crime statistics. But the United States is pretty much still very segregated when it comes to neighborhoods and communities in large cities and in rural areas. Right. So crime's going to be homogeneous It's going to be done within proximity. Yes, there is an issue, I believe, in our community when it comes to people killing one another who look like us. And we do not spend the same time and energy in marching and protesting when it's done to someone who looks like us. We, I believe, do this because the image of who we're supposed to be, we have such of a low expectation for ourselves. 
a low image of ourself, that this nation has caused us to believe that it should be normal in our neighborhood for our young men and our young women to be killing one another. It should be normal, but it's not. It never has been. It never should be. You are somebody. I don't want to hear it sound like Jesse Jackson, but man, when you're right, you're right. I'm not a fan of Jesse Jackson. I think he's a coon and a fake. But when you're right, you're right. You are somebody. You should respect and love yourself as such. When you see someone that looks like you, you should not be afraid of them. You should be, especially as an Israelite, the people who are not in the know, we ought to be encouraging them and lifting them up. We shouldn't be scared to walk on the same street, street corner as someone who looks like us. Shouldn't be tucking bags like all these other nations do. We should be loving on our brothers, loving on our sisters, telling them the truth about who they are and bringing them up to the standard of Torah. That's what we need to be doing. But on the flip side, these conversations... They got to stop and action has to happen. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of these stupid conversations. Oh, let's have a conversation about race. Hmm. We're so sorry for killing you and your family. Let's hug. Let's have a photo op, man. Yeah, bud. The hell with that. F these conversations, man. We've had enough of these conversations. Every time something happens racially, we want to have a quick conversation, but no one wants to take action on anything. Nobody want to take responsibility for anything. When are the conversations going to stop and the action begin? I don't want another conversation. I want you to stop being racist. I want you to stop killing my people. I want cops stop feeling like they have the power to put their knee on somebody's neck and kill them without any consequence. I wanted to stop. Yesterday, I wanted it to stop. Years ago, I wanted to. T- Listen, I've had my run in with the police several times. I live in Tennessee now, had several run ins with the police. In all of them, I've been innocent and unarmed. I've had guns pointed at my face. I've been handcuffed and threatened. My life has been threatened from the back of a squad car. I've been wrongfully imprisoned. Many things have happened. I've been slammed on top of a squad car, searched, violated. Because they thought they can do anything to this young nigga because he don't mean nothing. And yet we still want to sit down and have conversations when we have the filth and scum of the earth Racist men still wearing badges, still uh, uh, banging on gavels in courtrooms, still getting their friends off as lawyers. When the justice system, uh, not even the, the, when the justice system in our very country are ran by the scum of the earth, racist white men, how in the heck can we have a conversation that changes anything here? Tell me that. Give me that answer. I'm ready for action. Forget the conversation. Stop the conversations and stop killing us. We're sick of the conversations. Quit killing us. 
Quit falsely accusing us of stuff. Quit wrongfully imprisoning us. Quit raping our women. Quit flooding our neighborhood with drugs and, and guns. Quit gentrifying us. Quit redlining. Quit looking at me as a black man and thinking I'm a threat. Quit being discriminatory in jobs. And the way you pay people. Quit miseducating us. It's real simple just to stop doing it. All of it. Like yesterday. It's extremely simple. Just stop doing it. But here's another thing that our people have to understand. When you don't follow the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, he will allow evil people to be over you, just like those here in the United States, just like those in South America, just like those who have colonized the the continent of Africa, just like those in Europe and Asia. He will allow you to be scattered into all nations and be subjected to some evil, low-down, scum-of-the-earth people. Until you accept your punishment and realize that you can need to turn back to Torah, to the covenant of the Most High, follow his law, statutes, and commandments, we will be circling this merry-go-round over and over and over and over again. I want you to remember this if you get nothing else out of this podcast episode and share this with five people who don't know the truth and explain to them why the statement is true. The beginning of your obedience is the end of our oppression. The beginning of our obedience is the end of our oppression. Show them Deuteronomy chapter 28. Break down the book of Jeremiah for them. Break down the prophets for them. Break down the Torah for them. Bring them to the camp. Bring them to the assembly. Allow them to see the truth of really what's going on. Because a conversation ain't going to save us. Us cooning and parading and pandering for our oppressors won't save us. I saw a thing on Instagram where uh, a bunch of protesters doing cha-cha-cha-cha-cha slides with the police. So at one turn, you want justice. But the other turn, you want to dance, shuck and jive with your oppressor. I don't understand it. And maybe I never will. I'm not saying every, you know, Caucasian cop is bad or racist. But I'm saying those that are. And a lot of them in that crowd shucking and jiving with everybody else need to be exposed. There needs to be a harsher punishment just just than being fired. And these cops, had not the cameras been there, they would have just, probably nothing would ever happen to them. I don't want to dance with no officer. I don't care if you're Caucasian. I don't care if you're African American. I don't care what you are. That system, the police system in the United States of America does not benefit my people as a whole. I don't want nothing to do with you. I would love it if our people can police ourselves as our ancestors did in Torah. I would love it if our people could actually support one another. And quit going to the Caucasian man and the China man and everybody else uh, with your hands out and dependent upon their grocery stores, dependent upon their educational systems. We're dependent upon our oppressor for our food, for our education, for our transportation, for our employment. 
We have to get out of the system of dependency and get on a system where we're only dependent on ourselves. We police our own neighborhoods. We educate our own children. We support our own businesses. We grow our own food or support a black grocery business that, that also supports a black, distil, a black distribution center. Hell, there's all kind of black businesses out there. I got a friend who owns a coffee shop who leases a coffee brand. You like to drink coffee? Look, look up Coffee Black on, on Instagram. Matter of fact, let me, let me shout this out real quick. Coffee Black, because it's not spelled in the conventional way. Let's see here. I'm pulling it up. C-X-F-F-E-E Black. C-X-F-F-E-E Black.com. It's Coffee Black. Go to the website, follow them on Instagram. It is is literally one of my friends. Um, and he and his wife own a coffee brand. You don't have to go to Starbucks to get your coffee. We got our own. And there's plenty of people out there that own donut shops, hair salons, grocery stores, car dealerships, all this stuff. But yet we still pander to our oppressors for supplies and need. But we don't have to. We choose to. And when stuff like this happens, when we get shot down in the street or somebody lynches us, a modern day lynching, everybody wants to have a conversation. Well, I believe the African-American community, we need to start having a conversation with ourselves. We need to gather ourselves together and figure out how we're going to build up our own community, void of our oppressors. We need to figure that out. And when we figure that out and when we become obedient and go back to the law, statutes, commandments of the Most High, then we will be free. Like I said, this is not going to be a long podcast. I just want to get some information out there to you. I want to break because I'm, I'm, I'm just getting sick of hearing. Let's have these conversations like no, the conversation stuff need to stop. We need to start acting. Building up our own community. Everybody, every other nation's done it in this country, but us and thrived. So we need to go back to our Elohim. His law, statutes, commandments, follow Torah and begin to build up our community. Family, I love you. Seek truth, live it out, and form others. Shalom. Thank you for listening to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. We ask that you subscribe, like, and review, as well as share this podcast on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. Have you ever wondered how to be a part of the show? You can call in to the podcast voicemail at 901-300-7474. Leave your comment and question and we will play it on the next episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. Also, if you go to our Instagram page at Jacob Seed 12 or the host page at Yermayahu 15 on Instagram or Twitter and press the link, you can find ways on how to support this podcast. You don't have a social media account? That's perfectly fine. You can go to linktr.ee forward slash Jacob C12 to find more ways on how to support this podcast. We thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And remember, seek truth, live it out, and inform others. Shalom.